This week, we're talking about forgiveness and how deciding to give it away will change your life. Let's fucking go. What's going on, guys? I'm your host, Sean, and I'm here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Emily. How you doing tonight, babe? I am good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Better now that uh, the kids are in bed for the was it the second or the third time. How many times? Fifth time? I, you lose count. It's uh, It's been a night. Every night. You guys have those nights where uh, you just like you've got something that you want to get done. I don't know about you, but like as parents, you cherish your evenings, right? Um, for us, this is when that—that's when this happens, yeah. and uh, so this doesn't happen until the kids are in bed and sound asleep, and then uh, every now and then they come in like fifteen times in the middle of it, and uh, that was tonight. That was tonight. So every last one of them, every last one of them, and the dogs, and the dogs, and I'm pretty sure I—I I heard the chickens outside. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody. But it's—it's it's all good. We're still here. We're crushing it. You don't get to make excuses when you own your process. So no excuses were put in until this one's done tonight. We're excited about this one. Well, excited is probably not the right word. We're invested. Invested, yes. (laughs) This This one has a lot of power, but before we get too far into that... We want to share something that's pretty exciting. We uh, we really want to get you guys pulled in and and let you share your story too. Um, this isn't really about us; it's about you. We're already living this, and so we want to hear how some of these things are are already affecting you. And we're already hearing that, but we want you to share that. And so, Emily, tell them tell them what we're doing. So, as of today, we have officially opened the Derek's Live voicemail um, by calling three five two. Three two seven eight zero four six. You can actually call in and record your personal story about how the non-negotiables have impacted you and your family. Um, give us your personal stories, how you've seen this impact your your everyday life, how your kids are getting a hold of this stuff. Um, we want those personal stories to share with our listeners um, on the Derek Side podcast. Yeah, so it's it's really like it's something to hear it from us. Um, but seeing it, like it's been really cool for us yeah. to see it work in, in our friends' families already and, and hearing that feedback. So when there's a lot of power in sharing your success with other people. And so don't be afraid or, or shy. Just call, leave that voicemail, and uh, we'll share those snippets um, in some of our future future episodes and social media posts and stuff like that. And uh, that way other people can grow um, by hearing about your growth and how it's affecting you. It's awesome. So we're really looking forward to hearing your stories. Um, it's personal for us because it's personal to you. And we, we're invested in what you guys have to say and how this is changing your life for the better. Very much so. So, but tonight, as we're diving into this, this is, a, this is one we've been preparing for for several weeks from the very beginning. We've kind of almost dreaded this this one. Well, dread's not the right word. Um, it's a somber topic. It is somber. 
and it kind of hit right at the right time. We've kind of dealt with some emotional stuff right as we're preparing for this episode, which we weren't expecting. Yeah, it's it's been really revealing and seeing how like some of these things really affect you um, and how you really don't even know until it's too late. Yeah. It's like, man, like what the fuck? So, you know, Emily, what Emily's talking about is, you know, so we're talking about forgiveness this week um, and, and we're really diving into how it, like when you decide to be, have forgiveness and have a forgiving spirit um, when you're conscious about it and you, you make the decision, how it really begins to change um, what can happen for you. There's, there's a lot of power in unity. Um, there's a lot of power in, uh, in not, not carrying um, hate and anger and um, unforgiveness on you. I mean, it just, it changes things. Yeah. So this week, you know, we're, we're diving into that and you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's, it's hard to, to talk about sometimes, right? Like we all have these moments in our life where, um, we don't like to deal with them. We put them in a box and put them on the shelf and we compartmentalize them and, and, and we don't ever, I don't know. Have you ever done that? I mean, I mean, trauma has a really crazy way of affecting the brain. And uh, there are several psychological ways that people deal with trauma. And there are certain people that actually truly forget the trauma and how it, like the actual incidents that happen, but they just live out the repercussions of the trauma in their day-to-day life. Um, and other times you just kind of lock it away and you, it's there and you know, it's there, but you don't talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, And, and you know, I think like things happen to us that like form our character okay. and we do things out of hurt, um, or, or overly cautious, um, out of previous experience mm-hmm. because those things are traumatic in our life and they affect our interactions with people. And so when you allow yourself to heal those things it changes your interaction in everything. And so I want to, I want to kind of make this real for you tonight. And and so we're going to do this. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hokey, but I want you to play along because I'm going somewhere with it. Um, if, if you're driving, don't, you know, don't do this. Just, just go with us, but don't close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're, if you're listening tonight or if you're watching, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and again, please don't, don't close your eyes if you're listening to the podcast cruising down the interstate. Um, but I want you to kind of envision, envision something that, that bothers you today. Think about like, what's that thing that, that really just, that irks you. And then I want you to ask yourself why, why does it irk you? Think about Think about the thing that happened to you that caused that to be a thing for you. Think about the moment that it bothered you the first time or that it was brought to your attention. Maybe it was something you were doing and somebody said, hey, they, maybe they were probably not real nice about it usually. Or, or maybe it's not a thing. Maybe it's just an event in your life that changed the way, changed your behavior. Like maybe it it's made you be extra cautious of men or be extra like untrustworthy of people. Um, it's really made you look at things half full. 
Think about whatever that might be. Think about what caused that. And think about the person that was there with you. And don't just think about the person, but I want you to think about a couple other things. Think about how old you were when that happened. Think about the room you were in. Can you can you remember the room you were in or the place you were? Maybe it was a car um, or a house or a store. Do you remember what clothes you were wearing? Do you remember the temperature? Was it hot? Was it cold? Was it loud? Was it quiet? And, and that event, that, that thing that, that caused some trauma in your life or changed your interaction with people, what was it about that event that causes that emotion for you? What words were said? What action was taken? What pain was caused? And then who was at the root of that? What, what was that person wearing? What did their hair look like in that moment? And so if you're, if you're taking the time to do this seriously, there's probably a lot of emotion moving around in you right now. Um, this probably isn't something that's real, real easy for you. Um, this is probably something that actually fucking sucks a lot. Um, and you may be realizing for the first time, or maybe not, maybe this is the 50th time that like this moment in your life was such a big deal for you. And that that person was so traumatic for you or that event or that thing that was said to you was so traumatic to you. And so like we all have these moments in our life that like shape our character. They've defined who we are. And a lot of those moments are based on trauma. You know, a lot of the bad things in our life, the things that we don't like about ourselves, or the insecurities that we have or the phobias that we have are, are based on traumas in our life. And so we've, we've tied in and we've pulled into this thing and we carry it with us because we haven't forgiven the root cause of it. We haven't, we've allowed ourselves to be a prisoner to whatever happened in our life. Would you, I mean, chime in here, Emily, I'm, I've been talking for a while, so I want to bring you in here and, and can you kind of shed some light on, on those, those trauma events and how we carry those? I mean, it's, it really becomes your identity if you don't grasp it and take a hold of it and identify it for what it is. Um, we've kind of dealt with this personally, you and I, um, but as parents, we've dealt, especially foster parents, we've mm-hmm. dealt a lot with this because there's trauma that we don't have experience with. Um, that's made it really hard to find the attitude of forgiveness to to show our children because I, I feel like for me that there was a lot of anger towards people that I really didn't even know mm-hmm. because they hurt my kids. Um, and it kind of brought up some trauma in my own past that I don't know that I really even recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you know, plays out day by day as frustration, as anger, as sadness, as depression, anxiety. You're a, uh, 
something I deal with personally is I'm afraid of so many, like the worst case scenario. (laughs) What is the worst case scenario? Because that's where my brain goes. And grasping a hold of this, that forgiveness is so much more, it's really, what was the quote that we read? Um, To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. And that brought, I mean, it was like a punch to the gut, Mm -hmm. like, because it really, in letting go and forgiving the person, people that hurt me, it really gave me such peace and brought such um, clarity, I think, to my mind that it kind of just eased a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the the fear that I loved, lived with day by day. Mm-hmm. And it became, um, it, it's intentional. It's not something that is easy. It's something that I have to think about every single day. Like You have to be intentional. Right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to let, something that happened in the past dictate how I'm going to live my future. And that was a, that was like a wake up call that I think really changed how our family unit really functioned. It really did change the way we live our life. Well, and I think like there's these moments in our life that we come face to face with unforgiveness. And like this, this just happened for me. Like I'm living this, like this, this week, this week. (laughs) Um, and, and sometimes you don't even realize. Um, sometimes you think you've moved, you you think you've moved past something and moved beyond it, but you haven't really dealt with it. You know, like I said, you have these tendencies to kind of put these things in a box mm-hmm. and just tuck them away so that nobody has to look at them. And if we don't talk about them, they're not really there. Um, and and so this this week, my um, my stepdad died. He had a heart attack this week. Um, and and so him and my mom aren't together. They haven't been together in a real, real long time. I, I have a little brother who was his, that was his father. Um, and so it, it was this moment for me where I, I really felt like I had moved past some things in my life. Um, there was a lot of trauma and abuse and stuff that happened in my childhood. And, and those things I, I felt like I had really dealt with. I've made decisions um, I think we have a tendency as as parents to allow those things to move on generationally. And I, I made some decisions early on that I wasn't going to let those things happen. And I just, I, I felt like I had dealt with it. And this week when my mom called me and, you know, she told me that he had, he had died earlier that day or the day before, I don't, I don't remember, but um, there wasn't, there wasn't any, any sorrow at that moment. Um, at that moment, it was it was quite the opposite. I wouldn't call it joy, but it was definitely relief. Mm-hmm. It was my the first emotion that I had. It was like a weight had been lifted. And realizing that I had had that much unforgiveness for him was hard. Um, I felt sorrow in the moment, but my, my sorrow wasn't for him. It was for my brother because he had just lost his father. Um but I didn't have any sorrow for, for him, for, for this man. And so it was, it was really difficult just, just coming face to face with it. Like it hit me like a fucking truck. You know, I was in the car, I was working, I was driving to an appointment and I got this, this call from my mom. And and so like 
Like what in your life has been just so fucking traumatic that you've put it on a shelf and refused to deal with it? I want to, we want to dare you tonight to, to kind of take it off the shelf, not kind of to, to take it off the, the shelf and throw it out in the fucking yard and go wrestle with it. Like that's sometimes that sucks. Most of the time that sucks. And hear us when we say that forgiveness is not condoning what happened. Doesn't make the shit right. They were still in the wrong. The actions that hurt hurt you and cause trauma are not going to be right if you forgive the person. And we're not telling you that you should forget what happened. But forgiveness isn't about them. Forgiveness is truly and honestly, it's about you and your journey forward. And if it blesses them in the process, that's okay. But you're not doing this for somebody else. You are doing this for you, your family, and the legacy that you're leaving. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to be like selfish with unforgiveness. But ultimately, it's about both of you. I think we have this tendency to hoard forgiveness. Like we hold on to it. We think that it has to be something that's earned, right? Well, you want somebody to ask for forgiveness. Yeah, you got to ask me for it. We raise our children to say, oh, no, you need to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And so we expect that as adults. Like, no, you should come to me and ask for my forgiveness. And it's this thing that I'm going to bestow on you. (laughs) Like, I'm going to... Like, I'm going to knight you with forgiveness. (laughs) But it's, it's not, it's not that it's so, it's a gift that you give away. Yeah. Um, and when you look at it as a perspective that like, think about as a parent, when you sit on, you know, you're at, at Christmas Eve and you're wrapping gifts and the anticipation that you have for the next morning. And I'm not a morning person, but I always get up first thing <laughs> on Christmas morning. I, I hate the morning. Um, but I'm, I'm always up first thing Christmas morning with the kids and I'm excited. And I, I love like we, we talk every year, like, what do you, what are we going to get each other for Christmas? And I'm like, please, please don't get me anything. Like, I just want to watch the kids get stuff and how much joy you get as a parent. Um, when you get to give that gift to your children and the look on their face and the laughter and the, the happiness that it gives them. But then we think that, like if we do that for somebody who hurt us, that it makes us weak. It makes us feeble. Well, it gives away our power. It gives away our power and our control. So I, I dare you to be the parent on Christmas Eve that starts to change your perspective. Cause it's a lot of it's really about perspective because when you can see that, Hey, if I give this away, what freedom does it bring this person? What joy does it bring them? But also I get to sit back and I get to have this weight lifted and this freedom and this joy too. Um, and that's hard to, to wrap your head around sometimes. Well, I think, and this is hard, but a lot of times we don't want the person that caused us such pain to feel joy. Yeah, We don't want to give them a relief we want them to be just as miserable as they've made us. But a lot of times... M- misery loves company, though, doesn't yeah. it? You're, you're still both miserable. Well, and are you, though? Because a lot of times, at oh, least in my experience, yeah. the person that causes a lot of the trauma... Oh, they don't, they're not they thinking move about on. you. No, they, they, have caused the, they have caused the hurt, and they have moved on to yeah. either hurt somebody else, or they're just so far 
gone in their own hurt that they can't even see what they're doing to other people. And so really, you're not giving them anything that they no, it's it's quite the opposite. Right? They're stealing from you. Yes, you know because here's here's what ends up happening is you only have you get twenty four billable hours in the day, right? That's all you get. You don't get to add more hours or take more hours away. You get twenty four billable hours a day, and you can use some of those for sleep and some of those for work and some of those for rest. Um, but then when you start putting unforgiveness in there and torment that comes with that you're giving that person your billable hours. Mm. You allow them to affect that 24-hour window that you've got. Yeah. And that affects your legacy. Well, how many people have struggled with hurt and trauma and lost sleep over it? Oh. How many people have either lost their appetite or gained an unhealthy appetite? The restless nights and the weight that I've gained from the trauma in my life is at the hands of other people is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and can you think about like just how, think about whatever, like whatever that event was for you and all the nights you've stayed up angry about it, all the arguments you've had in your, your head and all the, the play out, like you, you play out all the scenarios mm-hmm. of how it could have done differently and how you wish it would have been this way and that way. All the hours that that thing has stolen from you and robbed your children. Think about that. If you could have those back and put them towards your dream, take those hours and, and, and just move them into a different ledger and say, hey, I'm not going to use these for, for unforgiveness anymore. I'm not going to use these for resentment or revenge anymore. I'm going to use these to build my legacy. Well, now it starts to make a whole lot of sense why this is important. Yeah. Because it's, it's and not only that, when you're cashing in those other hours that you were already cashing in, you're in a much better psyche and mental place because you're not dealing with all this other bullshit in your life. Yeah. You're working at 90 to a hundred percent versus 50%. <laughs> so I, I was actually, um, we didn't talk, plan on talking about this in the episode. We, but we watched this video the other day of, uh, um, was it Snoop Dogg? Mm-hmm. And he was doing this interview, and uh, I don't know if, if you're into hip-hop culture or not. Um, I love music, and so I, I pay attention a lot to all types of music culture. Um, but if if you grew up in the 90s, you know about Death Row Records and the beef um, with Bad Boy and, and all the stuff that went down. It's how Tupac and uh, Biggie died and, and all that stuff. So they were doing this interview with Snoop Dogg, um, and Snoop was talking about they were talking about this friendship um, between Snoop and P Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever the fuck he's going by this week. I know he's changed it like 17 times, but um, so they're, they're talking about this relationship with him and they were on different sides of this beef, mm-hmm. but now they're doing some projects together. They've got an NFT coming out and stuff and, and they're just talking, talking with Snoop Dogg about how it upset people have been because they're collaborating again or still and Snoop's just talking about how one of us has somebody has to be the adult. Like I'm, he's a 50 year old man. He says, and you don't have time to play games anymore. Like there's people watching him and like he gets to choose to be different and choose to let go of that shit and move on. 
And then he talked about how it had affected their kids and how their kids are already building things together because they chose not to carry the beef on to the next, their, their next generation. It was really cool. Um, I'll, I'll post a link to it um, on our Twitter page. So find us on uh, at the Twitter's lot on Twitter at uh, at the Derrick's live and I'll, I'll post a link to it there so you can watch it. So and it was really interesting because in, behind the scenes, he didn't set up this relationship between his son and mm-hmm. Puff Daddy's son. Right. So it, yeah, it was it, the wife. It was the wife for seeing like what what was important. Like we can end this if you're a Shakespearean, like (laughs) this is very Romeo and Juliet, like without the romance, it really like the way to change the legacy, the way to change the story is to go at it from an innocent point of view. And the children really do have the answer, like allow, allow them to develop a friendship and allow it to be innocent because Mm -hmm. that really does shift the legacy. And so now what's happening are these two sons who are now grown are going to college together, are traveling the world together, are rapping together, are doing art All together. All kinds of stuff. So the, what the wife was able to foresee, like, listen, this doesn't have to be this way. And honestly, from a mother's point of view, I see this feud going on and I don't want, I don't definitely don't want my husband to be a part of it, but I really don't want my kid to be a part of it. I want to solve it so that I don't have to, have the fear well, of, of my child living in a feud the rest of the It's their really life. the difference between men and women. Like you guys are emotional and we're logic. So yeah. we're like, hey, let's just get this shit done. And you see like men are like we look at things very um from a headlights perspective, right? And so we got low beams on. We're driving <laughs> like 90 miles an hour um on a deer infested highway and we're looking at what's right in front of us and how we can conquer that. Right. But, but Mama we'll, Bear sees peripheral. Yeah, she's got like the fucking high beams on. She's got the big lights on top of the pickup truck with the, the LED this and the strobe that they can see like 17 miles in front of them. And so like you like that's the value, though, in the relationship yeah. is like and we're getting a little off topic here, but there's so much value in that that differential that, hey, I'm I'm going to f- forge ahead. You keep me on track. Well, and I think that that's the value that a, a healthy marriage brings to this this struggle of yeah. forgiveness, right? Because it allows the what the husband and the wife to really see the whole the whole perspective of it. How it affects more than just the right, right. now, and so it's not just your health right now; it's mm-hmm. how your your health affects our whole legacy and how it affects our children and how what you can do with our children. Yeah. Because I as the the emotional being in our relationship, I see the pieces and how everything kind of clicks together. And you're like, okay, this is this is plan A to plan B and this is how we're gonna get, get there. Shit done. <laughs> and there's balance there. But recognizing that to be balanced, we have to work in forgiveness and help each other see the things that we need to work on and have those conversations in a healthy way to grow our relationship and mm-hmm. be the example for our children. So, but it, it was really cool in, in that story, how she connected the dots and it really affected and will affect for generations to come. What will happen in, in Snoop and Peter's family. Yeah. Um, and so take that, that lesson and understand that like, this is bigger than just you, right? It's, it's not, it's not just about right now because when you 
for one, when you forgive people, it gives, you can choose or not to choose to give them access back to your life. Right. Yeah. Like, but sometimes giving them access will advance things for you, having them on your team again. And that might mean your, your kids and, and your family. Um, and so, but be cautious. Don't allow yourself to be, um, harmed in, in a physical or an emotional way. Um, don't allow yourself to be, you know, caught in a perpetual cycle of abuse in that, that circumstance. Um, but whatever the, that thing is in your life, if you know, some of the things that we, we carry are not even like, they're not these big traumatic things. Like you got into a fight with your best friend and you haven't talked in 20 years over like the colored tuxedo. They decided to pick out at your fucking wedding or something like that. Like people feud over some, like at the end of the day, petty stuff, just petty and ridiculous shit. And we carry it with us and we allow it to affect so much, you know, the, the people, the, the relationships and the things you've missed out on over stuff that at the end of the day just doesn't matter. And so hang it up. Move on. But sometimes the person that you struggle with the most is the person looking back at you in the mirror. It's the enemy inside your own head. That's the hard one. And it's all the lies or maybe not lies that you tell yourself day in and day out that wake you up in the morning and keep you up at night. This This is the real enemy and it's sometimes it's somebody else's voice that's playing over in your head that you keep lying to yourself mm-hmm. about but sometimes it's your own voice I, you know this is one that I personally struggle with a lot that I'm not smart enough I'm not good enough I'm not worthy to have emotions I'm not worthy to be loved and there's not really a rhyme or reason I don't know where it came from, but it's something that I struggle with a lot, that I'm just not good enough. And recognizing it for what it is, that it's just this small, insignificant voice in my head that needs to just hush. And having a spouse that sees who I am and recognizes when I'm weak and building me back up. And allowing that example to be the example that we set for our children has really changed the dynamic. Because that voice that says you're not enough, that voice that says you're not worthy, that says you're not smart enough to do the things that you want to do, you can't write that book. You don't have that kind of degree. You can't start your own business. You didn't go to college for that. You're not qualified. You're not qualified. There's not a piece of paper with your name on it that says you have XYZ certificates. But why? There's so much more. And we keep telling ourselves, like, you know, you you can do hard things, right? But the voice in our heads keeps saying, well, but maybe not this hard thing. Well, maybe I'll start another day because today's just not a good day. But why? Where is that voice coming from? And where does it need to go? Yeah, and I think like like sometimes we're our, we're our own worst enemy at the end of the day. Yeah. We really are. Um, those voices came from somewhere, though. And so 
recognize that and find unforgiveness in that or, or find the forgiveness in that. And that will help you eliminate those things in your own personality. And so like, like when, when someone tells you things and you, you start to believe those lies about yourself, it becomes part of who you are. And sometimes you got to fucking pluck those things out. And the way you do that is by forgiving that person and then moving past it and telling yourself, Hey, I'm, I'm not that. That's not who I am. I'm actually, this is what I am. And so like, I'll give you an example. Like an adult said to me, um, as a teenager that they called me a social outcast and it was someone that I, I care that I'm very like close to, I'm a family member and called me a social outcast and no one wants to be around you. And I, I carried that with me like all the way into adulthood. And like, that's, if you know me, that's not who I am. I'm, I'm a very like social he's a, person. He's a social butterfly. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's affected and made me like self-conscious in situations through, through my entire life where I'm like, well, does this person like me? Are they pretending? What's that mean? How are they, why are they acting that? Like it's caused me to question interactions even as an adult because of this thing that someone said to me as a fucking teenager. Um, and I was kind of a social outcast as a teenager. They weren't wrong. Um, but sometimes people say shit to you that like, they don't even think about it. Like they're not. Well, and I, I think that this is something because I got not the outcast, but I got, Oh, you're so shy. And I don't think anybody's trying to be malicious about it. They were just commenting on what they saw. Mm -hmm. But the more I heard it, the more shy I became like, Oh, well, I'm expected to do this because everybody keeps saying this. I'm, I must be this oh, I've thing. I've got to be shy, right? I've got to be shy. You start telling people, oh, no, I'm shy. shy. Yes. I mean, I, I did that mm -hmm. for years because I'd heard it so much yeah. as a child. And really, I wasn't shy as a child. I was curious and I would sit back and watch. I was a people watcher. Still am. Um, it's a creepy kid in the corner just staring at people. You know, you didn't notice me because I was little. <laughs> but I liked... I. I like to people watch and I love to read. And I think those two things combined together just made me quiet. And so people assumed that I was shy and I heard it and I heard it and I heard it over and over again. And like family, friends, neighbors, church people, <laughs> like it was everybody. So I was like, well, I, this must be who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm just shy. And it became my identity, not because somebody was trying to be malicious, but just because they were... I heard it so much that it, it did, it became who I was. And the reality is I'm not shy. Actually, I have not at all quite a bit to say. And, you know, when you get to know me, it, the trick is getting me to not talk. <laughs> you got to get Emily comfortable and then she never shuts up. She's just a open book. We love it though. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's been really cool though. Like I think one of the cool things about marriage is you help, unpack some of each other's baggage. Yeah. And, and so like through our, our 15 years of marriage, I've been able to help Emily unpack that and bring out the personality and the opposite. I, I'm a very, um, unfiltered person. I'm a very in your face, like matter of fact, and Emily's been able to help me kind of unpack some of that. And I'm a much more conscious. I, I still have my moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm, I'm learning to, to tiptoe around things and still be direct yeah. in a much more kind and 
fulfilling way. Uh, My favorite thing to say is like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> so, but, but no, seriously. And so like, as, as we've progressed with each other, we've been able to kind of help deal with those things. And so if you're in a relationship, if you're married, like ask your spouse, like, Hey, what is this? Like, I, I've like, what is this thing that we have that we don't know about? Like, what is my character trait that you just don't agree with that you think I, the thing that I say about myself that you just are like, there's no way that that's true. That's a really good exercise. Yeah, Do that tonight. Because is there something that your spouse says over and over again? They mumble it to themselves or they say it when they think nobody's watching mm-hmm. or they say it out loud when they get frustrated or angry or have anxiety. That is something that you as, as, the spouse can mm-hmm. like the marriage. That's something that you should recognize and work towards. Like there's healing that needs to be yeah. done there. Go, go tell your husband or your wife. Hey, um, I know you said this, but that's, that's, that's not, not who you are. That's right. And that's not true. Call them out and, and be actionable about it. Like you've, you've got to be able to pour into each other and be honest with each other and communicate. That's a big part of, of the growth. Um, you know, you, the, the other, the other side here, Emily, is is that we kind of we fall into trends that we set ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I know some of the things that we carry on ourselves when we we really have a hard time is just our our future or our past fuck ups, like all the mistakes we've made in our life, and we tend um, to to move into some things in in pre destined ourselves mm. for failure yeah. um, because we haven't allowed ourselves to move past the things that we've fucked up before. The self-sabotage. Oh yeah. So, and this is like a real thing that you feel like, Oh, I, I can't ever. Con- and I'll give you a, a good example. I, for as long as I have been alive, I've been a procrastinator. And that has been like something that a lot of people have told me. I love, I wait to the last minute. I thrive under pressure and 99% of the time I get stuff done. But there is this part of me that I self-sabotage when it comes like, I know I have a deadline and I'm like, well, I could start now or I can wait and see how it goes. Or, and then like I get to the end and I'm like, well, do I really want to do this? Or maybe this wasn't meant to be. And so you like, you convince yourself like, oh, this wasn't meant to be because I didn't put the effort in. And I, instead of saying like, hey, I know I procrastinate. Instead of doing that, I'm going to set a different timer. I'm going to set a different alarm. I'm going to start early. I'm going to work a little extra because I know that this is something that I recognize about myself. Instead of saying, oh, well, it's just destiny or this is just the way it is, we need to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses and find balance there. That I, I know that I am a procrastinator, but I know that that's not something I have to live with. I can make changes to overcome that and work towards a better thing. And I don't have to um, settle to just say, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. I can make things happen. Be, by well, yeah, working figuring out how it. to overcome your deficiencies right. is a big part of it. You know, you've, you've got to recognize, you got to recognize why you failed and, and move past it and fix it. Um, 
And that's part of unforgiveness is correcting, right? There's some correction that has to take place in, 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 in forgiving yourself. You've got to correct yourself and, and own it and dive into it and move past it and then fucking run with it, right? So, like, there's all these these non-negotiables that we're talking about. They tie in all over the place. And so when when you allow yourself to, to just predestine things, um you know, you don't, you don't take the jump because you know that like you're a quitter. Yeah. Right. And like being, being a quitter is something I had to deal with. Like I fucking quit everything when I was in school, football, basketball, Cub Scouts. Like if you named it, I quit it when I was in school. Um, and so coming into adulthood, like I, like you had to decide like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive myself for being a fucking quitter. And I'm going to decide not to quit anymore. And we're going to raise our children to not have yes. that, like, we're not going to quit. We're going to stick something out until the end. And we explain that behavior in the beginning. Like, what if we're going to choose this, yeah. we're going to finish, finish it. it. So it's it's something that you have to be purposeful about, guys, though. But so your, your past doesn't have to define your future, right? Like, you don't have to continue to live the same way forever. The fuck-ups and the mistakes that you made yesterday – Forgive yourself for them. Move past them and decide that tomorrow's going to be different. That's that's all it is, right? You you have got to come to a place where you can look in the mirror and like who's looking back at you. And the first part of that is forgiving yourself for all the mistakes you've made, for for all the times you didn't show up, for all the times you failed and fell on your face and didn't get back up. Forgive yourself for all the fucking shitty things you've said or done to people or, you know, all the the things that you didn't own. Just stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself, hey, you you fucked this up and I forgive you. And we're going to do it different tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be different. Tomorrow's going to be better. We're going to be purposeful about owning it. And go fucking crush it. Go go live the, the life that is the best version of you and is emotionally healthy and happy and decide not to allow all these other things to rob your peace in your billable hours. Because And it does come back to peace. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last week about when we set the standard that your peace is really worth. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable. Don't let unforgiveness, don't let resentment and anger rob you of peace and your family of peace. You are worth the peace in your life. Take the stuff that's not causing peace and get rid of it. Live your life to the the fullest extent. Move forward. You you don't have time to waste. If we're going at this, if we're owning it, if we're living a life with joy, you don't have time for resentment. You don't have time for unforgiveness. You've got to... There's too much to do. Yeah. You've got to address it and move past it. That there's There's just too much time. There's not enough time. There's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the day to waste on this. So so here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to call that person that you thought about. Get on the phone. And you don't have to say anything except, hey, I love you and I miss you. You don't have to say that I forgive you. I mean, you can if it, if it helps you deal with it better. But, but just call them and say, hey, I love you and I miss you. 
But what will happen, and be prepared for this, because what will happen and what will have to happen next is a conversation about why you haven't talked or a conversation about why things have been the way that they have been. But start the conversation with just, hey, I love you and I miss you. Go fucking own it. And stop carrying that shit around. Go move past it. Go own it. Go make that trauma your bitch. (laughs) Just make the phone call. Hey, I love you and I miss you. And then have a conversation. So next week, next week we've got a really exciting topic. It's the last. my favorite. The last of the seven non-negotiables in our life. And uh, this is our favorite. We're talking about not fucking quitting. No giving up. You're not allowed to quit. Persist. And it's what ties all of the other non-negotiables together. And when you put this last one in, it makes everything else unstoppable. Un-fucking-stoppable. It's how, uh, how you really blow it out of the park for your legacy, for your family, for yourself, for your finances, for your peace, your comfort, everything. So don't miss next week. It's going to be a good one. Um, don't forget to, to call in this week and leave those voicemails so we can start sharing uh, some of your stories with uh, our listeners. We're up almost, um, I think at the beginning of this episode, we were right around 700 likes on uh, the Facebook page. We've ex- ex- just exploded this last week or two. So thank you guys to all of our new listeners. Um, we're doing a thing every week. If you go on our Facebook page and just like the episode post where we share the episode, just like it. We'll shoot you some stickers. Um, you got to like it and message us on Facebook Messenger. So, yeah, so we have your address. So we have your address. <laughs> so we know where so to mail the stickers. Hit that like button, smash the message button with an address, and uh, we'll send you a Derek's Life sticker in the mail. So, and then Emily, what's that phone number? 352-327-8046. And that's the Derek's live voicemail. Yeah. So don't forget to call in on that one. We love you guys. Have a great week. Go change your, your family, change your destiny, change your legacy so that it lives forever. Fuck your excuses. And Jesus fucking loves you. Peace.